This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. If you were thinking that maybe this coronavirus pandemic might be coming to an end, the World Health Organization's boss in Europe has a message for you. A 10-week decline in number of COVID-19 cases in the 53 countries in the WHO European region has come to an end. Last week, the number of cases rose by 10%, driven by increased mixing, travel, gatherings and easing of social restrictions. Dr Hans Kluger is warning of a new Delta variant fueled wave of COVID-19 hitting Europe this year. Vaccinations, he says, are vital. In London, an enormous effort is underway to get jabs into people's arms. But at the moment, official NHS England figures suggest that at the current rates of 42,000 injections a day, the city could fall short of the Prime Minister's national target by about 1.5 million jabs. Our health editor Ross Lydell caught up with the Mayor of London, City Khan, to find out what's happening with the rollout and why he believes the capital is in prime position to reopen safely on July 19th. The figures that Martin McCree gave of 9 million jabs given in London is quite a bit higher than the official tally. What's your sense of where we're at? Well, there's always a lag in relation to the official figures for good reasons and the figures we know, which, which are real-time uh, figures. Um, uh, that's understandable. Uh, the key thing is not to compare uh, a global city like London with respect to some towns and cities across our country. Uh, we're a city that should be compared to New York in relation to the challenges we face. Young population, more diverse, more mobile, less likely to be registered with the GP, but also a, a big migrant population, unlikely to be registered with the GP, but also less keen to share information. That means the official channels of communication we rely upon to invite people for a jab, to text people, the national booking service doesn't apply. If you're not registered with a GP, you can't use any of those uh, things. So notwithstanding that, it's been remarkable uh, in the last uh, 200 days, the progress we've made. There's a jab given every two seconds. That's that's the, the sort of numbers we're talking about. Um, last weekend, we think we, we topped 120,000. The weekend before, 135,000. And so we're going to carry making progress over the next few uh, weeks. And I think what you heard yesterday was people who have been experts uh, at vaccine rollouts in previous years around the world actually recognising the fantastic progress we've uh, made. We should celebrate the progress rather than always uh, doom and gloom. Uh, what's your view on the eligibility criteria? Because um, you know, Mayor Phil in Hackney was suggesting that the mass 
vaccination centres were particularly useful and perhaps it should be a bit of a sort of free-for-all in terms of walk-in for anybody over 18, just turn up and get it. Would you endorse that view? That's what we've got. So, so the mass walking centre, the walking centres we've got across London, the, the mass vaccination centres, but also some of the other ones, you can basically rock up. Uh, you don't need to be registered with a GP. You don't need to know your NHS number. You just turn up. If you're above the age of 18 uh, and you've got an arm, you can get a jab. Uh, that's, that sort of grab-a-jab approach is really important because, because particularly men below the age of 40, uh, a large proportion are registered with a GP. And, and you can understand why hardly ever unwell if they're unwell they probably go to the pharmacist get some medicines from the pharmacist and so they'll see the need to be registered the other big problem we've got in london is many people are registered with the gp and then they move uh, even out of london and so it may look like uh, you know we're not getting the, the, the high numbers for those getting the jab who are registered that's because they may have moved out of london and they've kept the gp here and then they've not need to change the gp so that's why the numbers uh, the, the numbers that the government's providing aren't as accurate as the ones that you heard yesterday uh, and all, the other big thing is we're, we're now starting to use ONS data in relation to working out the percentage of Londoners who've had the jab rather than the NIMS data the NIMS is the GP's registration because there's a big big gap between uh, those uh, who um, are Londoners but aren't in GP roles. Okay. And you're also particularly keen to get as many Londoners as possible to have two jabs by July the 19th would you like to see the sort of again a relaxation of the eight week rule between jabs? Do you think you know some places are apparently giving it after three weeks on Sunday? Is that a, an approach you would welcome? Well, if you remember, the chief medical officer Chris Whitty back in January, I think, changed uh, the, the, the time from the first jab to the second jab from three weeks to twelve weeks for a very good reason, because because the advice was rather we'd rather have more people receive at least some of the vaccine than a few people receiving. Uh, both doses and so they are protected but the vast majority aren't so Chris Whitty's advice was to change it from three weeks to 12 weeks to get more coverage and actually that that's worked because you saw a big reduction in numbers of people with the virus being in hospital the numbers of people with the virus uh, on ventilators and then people with the virus dying so the chief medical officer's advice worked in relation to 12 weeks they've now because we've now got more availability of supply reduced that from 12 weeks to eight weeks uh, and that's the advice from JCVI and, and uh, the, the regulators which we support. I think what you'll find is as we approach uh, July the 19th, if there is more supply, it's a big if, that advice may be changed. But at the moment, the advice is an eight-week gap between the first uh, dose and the second dose. And there's a very good reason for that because we want to make sure as many Londoners as possible receive at least one dose. We'd kick ourselves if you had some Londoners uh, with both doses but not enough supply for other Londoners to have at least one dose. And so the key message for Londoners over the next three weeks is please, please, please make sure you get at least one jab. If you're eligible to have both jabs, get both jabs. Why? Because you're fully protected with both jabs. There's a 90% reduction in hospitalisation if you receive both jabs. And so we're trying to make sure we accelerate the rollout of of, uh, the vaccines across London. Good news, uh, Nadim Sahabi has confirmed that we'll have sufficient supply of Pfizer for the next uh, couple of weeks, which is great. If Moderna becomes available, we'll get that. But also we've been very agile across London um, uh, in relation to moving supplies of Pfizer, not just within different within different parts of London, but also even within boroughs, uh, because of the progress we've made. Okay. And just last question. But overall, it sounds like you're you're pretty confident that come July the nineteenth, we'll be in as good shape as possible to be ready for a relaxation. If that does happen, we'll, we'll have you know given it a really good go. Even if we don't get one hundred percent, we'll be as good as there. 
Listen, we're, we're throwing the kitchen sink, uh, kitchen appliances, and myself at this. We, you know, we're going to make sure we get as much coverage as we can. The target is we want two-thirds of Londoners uh, to receive both jabs and every Londoner to have been properly off at least one jab. Uh, I'm confident that London will have played its part in making sure we can fully reopen on July the 19th. I think it's important for us to fully open on July the 19th. We're ready. And that's the leader. You'll find more on the story at standard.co.uk. Please do come back tomorrow at 4pm for more news, analysis, interviews and features. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.